Robin. Hey, Aaron. Hey, hey. how <laughs> works? There it goes. It works. You know, this thing right. is actually somewhat. Uh, it's pretty good, despite you know a little some technical difficulties here and there. Okay, I got my <laughs> um my headset on. Is that is this good enough? Yeah, it sounds really good actually. In fact, I was okay. looking for my AirPods and I couldn't find them, so I'm gonna do this old-fashioned way and just hold it up to my ear. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining my podcast. I'm going to go over a few highlights that I know of you and okay. um, I'll give you a chance to fill in some extras if you like. Okay. So um, currently you live in SoCal, but you invest right. in out of state, um, primarily and you have a few out of state rentals in Indianapolis. Correct. Um, you are currently researching multifamily in Texas. You don't you haven't completed any deals right now, but you're just kind of in the researching phase. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay. And um, you live in, obviously, you live and operate here in Southern California. Yes. Uh, um, what what city exactly is it in Southern California do you live in again? I live in Pasadena. Oh, Pasadena. Okay, so you're very close to the meetup where we met. Very close, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I personally don't like to drive further than like six miles to go to any meeting. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we've gone, we've gone pretty far. We've gone as far as Riverside and Long Beach. So, yeah, I know so many people who, you know, they come from San Fernando Valley. They come from, you know, the desert yeah. and I'm like, yep. wow, you guys are dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So let's see. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your current focus in real estate space and what lo- what location you typically like to operate in? Okay, so my current focus is right now is uh, multifamily. I'm trying to find a 40 unit. Okay. Uh, are you still there? Did you cut out? Uh-oh. I think you're... Can you hear me? There you are. There you are again. You cut okay. out for a second. All right. You want to start over? Yeah, or, yeah. Could or... you start over? I heard 40 unit and then you cut out. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. Okay, so my uh, perfect... My Hold on. One sec. Okay, so the perfect first deal for me for multifamily would be a 40 unit. Um, I, in the last uh, few months, I've gained a, po- a potential equity partner and he wants to focus in the Southwest. So um, I've been researching markets in Arizona, in New Mexico, and Texas. And I'm kind of narrowing my focus into Texas right now. So it would, my perfect, you know, multifamily uh, investment would be about a 40 unit and something that I can, you know, catch a flight and be there within two hours or so. Okay, excellent. So, you know, I, I've heard a lot of kind of like the minimum threshold for how many units you want, but I, I'm just curious, why do you say 40? Um, 40 because I wanted to, he has a certain criteria of what he wants it to cash flow mm-hmm. or how much he wants, he wants in return. So uh, I've done preliminary you know, analysis of, of 20 units, 40 units and, and on, and I think 40 unit would be the perfect sweet spot for him and as well leave, leave some, you know, some. Oh, you, you cut out again. Maybe that headset isn't too good. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me try the old fashioned way. Okay. The old way is always the best way. <laughs> okay. All right. Where do I start off? 
Um, let's see. You were talking about why 40s is good. It sounds like it's something that you feel like your partner is ready for. Um, yeah. and you said you're working, you're, you're, you focused, you narrowed in on Texas now. Yeah. Um, okay, I think your question was why a 40 unit, right? Yeah. Why 40 unit? Okay. All right. I'll start. Over. <clears throat> okay. So 40 unit, because, uh, I've done the preliminary analysis on a 20 unit or below, or, you know, 40, 80, and he has a certain criteria of cash flow that he wants to achieve on his next investment. Mm-hmm. So 40 unit hits that sweet spot for him. As well as leaves some some you know cash flow for me as an equity partner, uh, um, so uh, that's that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I find something that's you know maybe less amount of units, um, you know, and the deal is really good, I could always talk to him about it. But you know, forty unit is kind of kind of the perfect investment, I guess, for right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I listened to a lot of Grant Cardone. I don't know if you you've heard of him, but he's He's kind of big in the multifamily space, and he swears by like a minimum units you should start off with is say even thirty two. So, and it's mostly because it's easier to raise rents. You don't have to raise them as high if you have more units. I think that's the the general principle he likes. Um, okay, so how did you get started in real estate? Like, what? Why did you get started, and what made you interested in it? Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. What was it? What was the trick this time? Uh, I took. You know what I did? Is I took myself off the uh, Wi-Fi. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. I actually said that. I don't know if you heard me, but I think we're on the same page. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's, <laughs> let me let me try it again. So what? How did you get started in real estate? What made you interested in it? Uh, I've known that I've always wanted to invest in real estate since as far as I can remember. Um, my grandmother invested in real estate, and then my uncle invested in real estate. And, uh, you know, I've always known that I wanted to buy a home and rent it out and live off of the income from, from the, you know, from the, uh, from the rents. So it's something that I've always known that I want to do. I just didn't know how to do it myself. And mm-hmm. by the time I wasn't ready to do it myself, it was hard to do it here in California, Southern California, because, you know, prices are crazy. Um, and the rents aren't, you know, matching up to, you know, aren't basically allowing to give any cash flow. So um, it wasn't until about maybe four or five years ago that I met um, someone in my Rotary Club. He was an older gentleman, um, and we got to talk about real estate. And he had said that, you know, after he retired, basically, he um, taught himself how to invest in real estate. And he did flips. He did buy and holds. He did all kinds of different strategies, bought notes. And so he knew a lot about it. And he gave me one book. And with that book... um, I was able to basically unlock the secret of buy and hold, uh, buy and hold real estate investing. So with that, with that knowledge and his, his basic, you know, his support with any questions that I had, I went out and started looking for uh, buy and hold real estate. Well, you know, you got to tell us what the book is. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's called fixing ugly houses for money by Jay DeSima. So that one is out of print, but he has a new edition. It's called The Real Estate Fisherman by Jay DeSima, and it's on Amazon. It's like $22 or $24 right now. Okay, cool. Do, do you happen to know if there's an Audible version of that? I'm not sure. I haven't, haven't looked into that. Uh, I'll certainly on. check. I'll yeah. Certainly yeah. Okay, so you got into, you know, the, the book launched you into this um, buy and hold rental 
um, space, and then you decided to move from SFRs to multifamily. Yes. So originally, I wanted to do multifamily. I wanted to do you know duplexes, triplexes, or quads. And um, a couple of deal of my first um, potential deals were, you know, I had one quad that I was interested in. I almost went through with it. And then another duplex that the deal fell through. And finally, I moved into, you know, just bought a couple of single families. Um, and after I purchased my last single family, I felt pretty confident that I can do this all, you know, all day. And uh, so I said, you know what, I'd like to graduate to a duplex or a triplex or a quad now. And so from... Uh, the fall of 2017 to like uh, mid 2018, I was looking for you know a multifamily, small multifamily. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically this short story. Okay. okay, but you don't you currently do not have a multifamily. You currently only have the single families. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, it sounds like your current experience is in the out of state single family home buy and hold strategy. Um, why yes. don't why don't you walk us through say the, the your last deal that you purchased? Okay, so my last deal um, was in Indianapolis, and that was the spring of 2017. Um, basically, I knew what I was looking for. Um, my basic criteria is that I wanted to cash flow at least after expenses. Everything all said and done is at least three hundred dollars a month from each you know from each investment. And so um, I have been working with a wholesaler on my first deal. So from, for this deal, particular deal I'm talking about, I was working with the same wholesaler and um, I went out to Indianapolis and we, we toured around. We probably looked at, you know, 10, 12 properties that they had under contract. And, um, and I found a, a house close to the, um, I think it's Speedway track in Indianapolis. Uh, it's a C-class neighborhood. And the three-bedroom home, uh, it was 30 grand, or maybe a little more than 30 grand. I think I negotiated down to 30 grand. And I knew that this house didn't need that much um, rehab. Uh, just needed, you know, I, I estimated about 15,000 worth of, of, of rehab to get it to rent-ready status. And so um, it actually turned out to be less. It was about 10,000, maybe a little less than 10,000. And so um, 30K to purchase, 10K rehab, that's about 40. And so I did my own comps um, using, you know, Zillow, not Zestimate, but Zillow in terms of trying to find similar houses and similar, um, you know, years and all that stuff to do yep. my own comps. And also Trulia. And I estimated that it'd be, it was worth about 60000 So um, I, I invested forty, and I'm still, you know, I'm still under the ARV, about 20000 or so. And since then, it's gone up. Um, I think it's about 70 euro but right now. So, um, and that one rents for $700 per month uh, after expenses and everything, we clear about $300 for that, for that uh, house. Okay, excellent. So how did you, how did you finance the deal? Did you find did you uh, use any financing? No, no financing, purchase all cash. Yeah, yeah okay. we had some money saved up, huh? Okay, excellent. And was this a, um, was it a, do you remember if it was a foreclosure or a short sale or what, was it just a standard sale? Yeah, just a standard sale um, through a wholesaler. So, um, you know, they used a, a, what do they call it? A, a quick deed claim. Um, so this wholesaler is more like a wholesaler um, where he purchases the, the deals, you know, at, 
you know, X amount of money. And then he probably marks it up a few thousand dollars and sells it to, you know, buyers, you know, from all over the nation, basically, whoever wants to invest in real estate in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I know we've talked about it before, but could you remind the listeners why Indianapolis? What made you choose this city? Um, it's kind of a long story. Um, and it's kind of a fluke story, too. Um, I had been looking in California. Then I decided um, the year after to start in, to start looking in Phoenix because on paper, it looked like a lot of homes cash flow in Phoenix. And this was about 2015. And so I actually went to Phoenix a bunch of times to look at a bunch of houses and I kept getting outbid to this, to the point where it just didn't make sense to, to invest in the, in the, you know, in the homes. Yeah. So by chance, I had found a um, fourplex uh, on bigger pockets in Terre Haute, Indiana. And um, everything on paper looked great. And I talked to the owner and, you know, he was, he was, he was in a position, you know, he just wanted to get rid of it. Um, and so I flew out to Indianapolis and drove to Terre Haute, which is probably about an hour and a half to two hour drive. I looked at the place and um, it turned out it wasn't, it wasn't as advertised. And so <laughs> I decided not to take it. And, um, but I loved Indianapolis. I, it was a beautiful city. And I thought, you know, this would be great if I invested here in Indianapolis. So after I came home, I got on a bunch of lists for wholesalers. I mean, a bunch of them, either through bigger pockets or just Googling a bunch of people. And um, I started getting a lot of deals in my, in my email box and I started analyzing a lot of deals. And um, once I got comfortable with one company, I, I decided to call them and I went out again, took a tour and looked at all his properties. I almost bought a duplex from him, but that deal fell through as well. Um, and then on my next trip is when I found, you know, my first deal. Dude, you are all, you are committed. I love it. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what's in that book, but I need to read it because, you know, to make you, you're all in, you, you search one city, you find something in a different city, you go on bigger pockets, you're, you're, you're investigating and you make two trips out to a place that you are not familiar with um, because right. you, you see, you see the opportunity and you pull the trigger. You know, I think that's, you, it just shows the difference between someone who's like half committed and someone who's all committed. So yeah, no, that, so, that's an awesome story. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. For those who are afraid of investing out of state, it actually helps to go out to the city that you're, you're considering to help you feel more comfortable. So yeah, I'm afraid to invest in, I don't know, let's say Detroit because I've never been to Detroit. Yeah. Um, but if I go to Detroit and I've been there two, three times and I'm, I'm talking to people, meeting people, then you just, you know, you, you discover that everyone's just like you, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, everybody wants a, a safe place to live. And, and, you know, you just basically try to get rid of the fear in your mind because of a place that's unknown. So it actually helps to go out there. It helps you to put your, put your mind at ease and f- helps you feel um, more comfortable with investing out of state. Yeah. I think that's probably my biggest hurdle too, right now, you know, it's like, finding a place and then buying that plane ticket to somewhere I have never been to before and really have no other purpose except for to look for real estate. Right. Um, so, okay. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so what is the one thing you feel like you need today to be more successful at what, at what you do? I think um, because now I'm focusing on multifamily, I think for me, um, I like to do more deal flow. So more analysis uh, on deals, on potential deals, you know, in, in the Texas market um, in particular. 
Um, I'm also looking in Indianapolis at the same time too. But uh, for me, it's deal flow. You know, I'd love to consistently analyze at least three to five deals per week. Um, so that's one thing that I like to, you know, improve on. And that's just a matter of talking to people, um, getting on lists for brokers and um, just, just kind of, almost, it's almost replicating what I did for single family. So what I did was get on, well, for that, what I did was, you know, get on a bunch of wholesalers lists and I was able to analyze deals all the time. So I kind of want to just replicate that process, but now for uh, multifamilies. Okay, very cool. You know what? I think there's um, there's another podcast in there alone in just learning how you're reaching out to these people and, and getting on the list and, you know, getting into markets that you're not familiar with. So I, I'll, leave, I'll leave that for maybe a separate time if, if you okay. <laughs> are more available. But um, yeah. let, me, let me ask you just on a very high level, and you don't have to go into too much detail, but how do you tell us how you analyze, you know, a property? What are the big, the main bullet points you look for? So for multifamily, um, what I do is I use the syndicated deal analyzer by Michael Blanc. And um, basically that process is that you want to use the numbers in the, in the, um, you know, operating, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, advertising advertisement of the of the multifamily the om i don't know what om starts for but basically use the numbers that the broker is giving you for the property so the price amount of units the um the amount of rent that's coming in the expense all of the expenses um pretty much number by number and um see that if the cap rate matches what they're advertising and then on the second column you're going to use their same numbers again, but the only thing you're going to change is, you know, vacancy. You're going to put a 10% vacancy based on just a rule of thumb and then a 50% rule of thumb for expenses and see if their cap rate matches. If it doesn't match, um, you want to see what, if you were to change the uh, asking price, what would that cap, you know, you want to match their cap rate. Um, I probably messed this up, but basically, uh, yeah, that's yeah, what I, I, I'm following yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I use. And then, and then I kind of customize it for me in my situation. Okay. Now I have an equity partner who's going to probably put most of the money down. How much of a percentage will he get, uh, you know, uh, uh, in equity, how much would I get? Um, when would we um, sell the place? When would we, uh, you know, refinance the place? And then how do those numbers look? Do they look, you know, is it somewhere along the lines that my partner wants? Is it, is it too low or, or, you know, or whatnot? Mm-hmm. And you know, in most cases um, it's, it's just not a match. So um, you just got to keep, you know, move on basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about what advice you might have for someone else who is looking to start and get into this. I would say um, pinpoint your strategy. What kind of, what's your investment strategy? You know, there's wholesaling, there's buying holds and so on and so forth. It's just kind of pinpoint what you think you might be, you'll feel comfortable with. For me, it was always buying holds. Like I said, I had that kind of like, uh, you know, template from my grandmother. She, she purchased properties and just rented them and just held them forever. So that was my, my comfort level. I don't want to, you know, I don't feel comfortable flipping. I don't feel comfortable wholesaling. So for me, it was buying holes. I knew I wanted to do that. And once you identify that, it's just get as much education as possible. Um, if it's buy and hold, I would highly recommend the book that we mentioned earlier. 
And it just kind of like demensifies, you know, all of the, you know, all of the questions. It helps to give you step-by-step, you know, what to look for and stuff like that. And once you get that, then you got to just identify a market and just go for it. Just, you know, go out there and, you know, get on a bunch of lists for wholesalers and just start analyzing a bunch of deals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Let's see. And then how can others reach you if they want to learn more about what you do and maybe get some advice? Yeah, sure, sure. Any, you know, you can email me. Uh, my email is agil73 at gmail.com. So agil73 at gmail.com. Feel free to email me whenever you, whenever you want. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I will see you around. Thank you so much, Robin. It was fun. Thank you. All right, bye. Okay, bye.